0: Retirement is often seen as a destination, but we believe it's an opportunity to pursue your passions, realize your dreams, and live a purposeful life. Great decisions, incredible lives. Retire with Intention podcast is about more than just money. It's about embracing the things that truly matter, the experiences, the relationships, and the impact you leave behind. Here is your host, John Kriegmer. Well, John Creepmer here. Welcome back to this next podcast for great decisions, incredible lives, retire and live with intention. And you know, every single week, I love to connect uh, with different people and introduce you uh, to a lot of our great friends and acquaintances that we have here at Creepmer Wealth. And uh, over the last year, we've had some phenomenal interviews uh, with people from so many different backgrounds, from you know attorneys and from estate attorneys and from CPAs and. Tax professionals, uh, technology firm CEOs, uh, from clients that have walked through some incredible things in life, and um, and even from uh, pastor friends of ours and those that are physicians, uh, just to help us all learn a little bit more, but also to make great decisions to live an incredible life. And today is no exception. I'm so excited to have Scott Witzig with us. Uh, Scott is the executive director of the Morton Community Foundation in Morton, Illinois. And Scott comes with an incredible background, but also a tremendous heart to make an impact, but also not just to make an impact himself, but to partner with people from their community and to make an impact that's long-lasting, that impacts so many generations. Scott, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. And Hey, to start things off, can you give all of our listeners a brief background of who you are and how did you get to the Morton Community Foundation, a little bit of your background?
1: Sure. Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for the opportunity, John. It's exciting. I listened to some of your previous podcasts and uh, they're very interesting and I'm uh, honored that you chose to interview me as well about the Morton Community Foundation. Mm. So a little background about me, I have a very uh I would say circuitous uh career path. My family owned a family a uh, clothing business here in in Morton for uh 84 years. Uh, My great-great-grandfather was a tailor, and so he started a little tailoring shop here in town, and then my dad and his brother continued that, grew the business until then my uh, cousin and my brother and I came into the business. So I spent the first 17 years of my work life starting at age 16, you know, in in the family business, and I love that work, but as family clothing stores kind of went down the path of you know extinction, so to speak. Uh, I ended up taking a job as executive director of the Morton Chamber of Commerce uh, back in about 1992. And I spent four and a half years there until a friend of mine who ran uh, a, a meat processing company here in Morton, the Rokey's family, uh, John Rokie, asked me to come worked for him as a marketing director as he was going to start a new uh, fully cooked meat entree product and he needed somebody to help him market it, which was a, a weird twist for me going from the clothing business to the meat industry. But we had a lot of success and we grew the company and to the point where we got bought by Smithfield Foods out in Smithfield, Virginia And I told John, before somebody at headquarters out there tells me to leave, I better start looking for a job. They don't really need marketing directors uh, when they have an $11 billion company. So I started to put feelers out in the community. And the Morton Community Foundation was uh, in its infancy. It had started in 2000. And uh, they started to look to try to really make this thing grow because volunteers were struggling to really move anything along here. So they wanted somebody to come in, uh, be the first staff person, wake up every morning with the uh, idea of how can I grow this organization. So I applied for that job and I was accepted as the first staff person as executive director in the year 2007. Okay, So that's kind of a little background on how I got here. I'm married, I have uh, four kids and five grandchildren. I've lived in Morton my whole life, and I love community, and I love working with people who have a passion for charitable causes in our community.
0: You know, it's interesting, Scott, uh, little connections that I, I've never told you. Um, back when I was a sophomore in college, I was uh, sitting in a the Morton Federal Savings and Loan Bank years ago in downtown Morton, Illinois and um and so we have listeners from all across the country uh some from all around the world so that is familiar with morton illinois uh it's a town of about twenty thousand people right now and uh community is really such a huge part of the incredible fabric of this community and so i was sitting there talking to a dear friend of our family uh ed hatter and i believe you have a little connection with ed scott and yep. ed goes john you need to head over to Winsings and Get you a, a really nice-looking suit whenever you go to meet with business people. So I got my first business suit. Um, they're from, from your family store there in Moore, Illinois.
1: Yeah, so uh, Ed Howder is – I call him Uncle Ed. He's married to Shirley Howder, who was my dad's sister. So that's okay. that connection there.
0: Yeah, yep, so, yeah that's were connection. The uh, Morton, Illinois is right in the center part of the state of Illinois, and so if you ever get a chance, especially in the month of September, uh, you're traveling through Illinois, or if you're not and you want to have a really a fun time, uh, you should make it your way out of the Morton Pumpkin Festival, of which uh, is just a, it's a phenomenal community event.
1: Yeah, when I, when I was director of the Chamber of Commerce, that was my responsibility, was oh, the Pumpkin Festival, so for four and a half years i was uh i was in charge of that and even today so many people see me at the pumpkin festival and they ask me you know hey how's the how's it going is it a busy one are are we doing well and i tell them i don't really know because i'm not that involved in it and of course they think i'm still in charge so they they kind of chuckle and say yeah right i'm sure <laughs> you know i try not to get into too much detail because i'd be answering questions you know uh, with lots of people but it was an interesting thing to be in charge of the whole pumpkin festival it's very very busy i'm always surprised at
0: the number of volunteers that are there and uh and folks it's a it's a large large community festival I, i don't know how many uh people um actually come through morton illinois over those three or four days but uh it's something crazy isn't it scott
1: Yeah, I think they say 100,000 people. There's really no way to count because you don't have admission uh, charges or anything. But yeah, it's a huge event. And our office here is essentially right in the middle of the Midway. So we're surrounded with equipment and generators and uh, Midway games. And it's just exciting. It's so fun.
0: Yeah, a lot going on. and just the number of volunteers that are at that festival, it just speaks to really about uh, just the entire community and how the community gives back in so many different ways. And one of the ways I've seen that over the years is the number of people that serve on the board there of the Morton Community Foundation, and that also have set up grants through the Morton Community Foundation. Can you walk through for our listeners what it is that a community foundation does? Sure.
1: Uh, We, like to use the, the three words, gather, grow, and grant. It's the easiest way to sort of just capsulize what we do. We gather tax deductible donations because we're a 501c3 organization. We can accept donors gifts that are tax deductible. We take those donations and we invest them in the market. And from the proceeds of those investments, we give grants. So we gather we grow the investments and we make grants, and those grants are distributed according to the various funds that we have. Um, there are over 100 different endowment funds that we uh, hold here, and uh, those each of those 100 endowments are uh, specifically designated by donors as to how they would like the, the, the grants to be distributed. Hmm. Let's kind of
0: unpack all three of those words a little bit, Scott. So the okay. first one, gather. And so yeah. if somebody first comes to you and they uh, they like to set up, have in some way participate in the foundation, is that something where they would simply bring in um, their loose change around the house? Is that a check? Is that appreciated stock? Is that land? What is it they yeah. can use as far as to give us a donation to the 501c3?
1: Yeah, uh, because we have over 100 individual endowed funds already in existence a person could literally just walk in with you know five dollars and say i would like to put this five dollars in the morton fine arts endowment because every fund once it's established it becomes a public uh, charitable fund available for any donor to give to and all those hundred funds uh, sit under the uh, 501c3 charitable umbrella of the More Community Foundation. So, a person can come in and just make a donation to any of those 100 funds. They could also make a donation to just the organization itself uh, to support the operations of the, the foundation. And so, because you could give to any of those individual endowments. Uh, you can walk in with cash, a check, you can donate using a credit card, you can donate online. And so you can choose a fund off of our website and you can make a donation of, you know, 10, 25, 100, whatever you want. But if you wanted to establish your own endowment fund to benefit your favorite causes or charities, you would make a commitment of a minimum of $10,000. That $10,000 doesn't have to be uh, donated all at once. You could start with as little as $1,000 with a commitment of donating an additional thousand each year until you've reached your $10,000. And at the point that the fund hits $10,000, the following, uh, by the end of a given fiscal year, then the following spring, it would generate its first grant to the cause that you had wanted to give to. So you could, um, we call that kind of a term to define that kind of a fund. We call it an acorn fund because you're just planting Mm -hmm. the seeds along the way until you get the $10,000. But because we're set up for really helping people get, their own uh, philanthropy going, we are able to accept gifts of highly appreciated stock uh, where, you know, they transfer shares of stock that they have a tax liability because of the capital gains on, on the value of the stock because they, if they would transfer that uh, stock directly to our account, then we can liquidate that stock at no cost to us and no tax implications. And the, the donor also doesn't have to pay the capital gains on that that stock. So they can do a more complex gift like that as well. And then a donor could also distribute funds through their IRA when reach age 70 and a half, they could use a qualified charitable distribution from their IRA could go directly into any of our endowed funds and of course uh, at age 73 they they would be required to make a minimum distribution so at that age they would be required to make some to accept that minimum distribution and they would normally pay income tax on that but if they directly to the community foundation then they they don't have to pay that income tax hmm. so yeah lots of ways people could donate farmland we've seen farmland and set up funds uh, with that as well. Hmm. Lots of ways. So pretty much whatever, wherever a person's sitting at
0: financially,
1: they have a way to participate
0: as far as with the community foundation in some way, yes. whether it be establishing their own, um, their own program, their own account or partnering with somebody else has already been established um, in some ways. And as far as the way to fund that or as far as to gather the assets in it really, depending upon where they're at, they can donate stock as appreciated. They can donate other appreciated assets. They can probably change the beneficiary on a, on a life insurance policy uh, sure. to be for the foundation. And so it yeah. sounds like that's a, a, an easy way as far as for folks to really make an impact in their local communities.
1: Yeah, and then the the final example would be as uh, setting up a, us as a beneficiary of portion of their estate through a will. Mm -hmm. So we have that kind of thing where their will actually creates a fund upon their passing uh, using, say, the proceeds of the home that if they want to donate that or, you know, it'd be really beneficial to the family of the estate if they would distribute their IRA to the community foundation because then the family doesn't have to pay the income tax on that IRA. Right. If they're, in other words, if there were options, they would rather give their IRA than give, uh, say, their house as an asset. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so a lot of different ways to do that. Now, you mentioned the second phase, though, is to grow the to grow the account. And so yeah. one that, once the, the dollars are received into the foundation, then you guys have to go and invest those dollars in a prudent way, I'm assuming. I know some people right. are in the market. Is there a lot of risk where there won't be dollars that are being paid out to people? walk through as far as the way that you all, as far as look at the growing side of it, um, so that sure. their their dollars actually grow over time?
1: Yeah. So ever since uh, the year 2000, when the foundation started, we've been partnered with the Community Foundation of Central Illinois in Peoria. Uh, it used to be called the Peoria Area Community Foundation. Now it's Community Foundation of Central Illinois. Mm-hmm. And they have I believe it's currently about 70 or $75 million invested of, of that total. We're about $11 million of that. And so they take care of the investments we pay them a percentage to uh, do that work for us. And so that leaves me to just be the spokesman for, explain the power of endowment, you know, the difference between giving a direct gift to a nonprofit versus endowing a gift, which will then last forever. Mm. And so of that investing, you know, there's a, the community foundation of central Illinois has an investment policy, which then we've adopted as well. And that investment policy is set up to have 60% of investments in the market, so to speak, and then 40% in more fixed income type investments. So that protects us a little bit from the huge market swings. And then the other thing that we do to, to sort of help protect the principal, because our goal is we want that that money to last forever, giving grants to the charities that the donor has chosen. Um, What we do is we have a spending policy, and that spending policy says that every year we'll take 5%, uh, we'll calculate 5% of the four-year rolling average balance in that fund. So that kind of allows the fund to have years where maybe the investment returns aren't quite as strong Mm. to cover that 5% plus our management fee, which is 1.5%. So we need about a six and a half percent long-term investment result in order to cover that, and in some years, as you know, that you're not going to hit that. In other years, you're going to, you know, be way beyond that. And so, rather than spend the actual available funds, we average four years. Okay. And uh, does that make sense? It does.
0: And a lot of it is, is making sure the money is there. Um, to fulfill the wishes of those that are making the grants and the dollars that are being paid out to those that, are, that we benefit in the community. Speaking of which, I know that you guys have over 100 different um, endowments, as we're saying it properly, as far as uh, that are set up to benefit many different people in different ways. I know um, a longtime dear friend of our firm here at Creeper Wealth Advisors, a uh, longtime employee, uh, Brenda Geiger, um, her husband Kent passed away a couple of years ago. And I know that their family had partnered with you on setting up a, a grant. Um, and so I know there's a lot of different people in many different ways to partner with you. to actually make an impact in the community. Um, are there a couple of different endowments that you would want to highlight as far as to help people understand the practical ways that they can make an impact on things that are important? Sure. To them?
1: Yeah. If I could just back up briefly on that, uh, you mentioned Brenda As you can imagine, uh, a lot of times my uh, connection to a donor is around the time that they've had some sort of loss in the family. And so my work, it's such a, an honor to be able to work with someone at a time when they're really hurting and Mm -hmm. they, they want to do something that leaves a legacy for their loved one. Mm -hmm. And for me to be able to sit and have that conversation with them and help them sort of think through what are the ways that you might be able to do something that will leave that legacy. So with Brenda and her husband passing, uh, we set up a scholarship fund Mm -hmm. and that scholarship fund every year on the first Monday in May, um, I go to the high school honors and awards night and we read the stories of the individual's who have uh, scholarship funds set up in their memory. Mm. And so I read that story about Brenda's husband, and then she comes up. Actually, I think she even reads the story. Sometimes yeah. the the donors come up and they want to present. Some people say, I can't, I don't think I can sure. do this. But anyway, that's a beautiful, it's beautiful time to to work with with folks and hopefully help them to do something that they really want to do. So I'll give you a couple other examples. We had a, a board member whose mother passed away many years ago, and she loved animals. And so he set up upon her passing, this man who had been on my board and understood the foundation quite well, he wanted to set up two endowments. So he set up one for taps, which every year we send a, a grant to the Caswell Animal Protection Society uh, to support the work that they do because that's what his his mom would have loved. The other thing is um, he set up a fund called the Critter Meals on Wheels Endowment Fund. Now in Peoria, there's an organization, a nonprofit called Neighborhood House, and they do a meals on wheels program for senior citizens. So every weekday they're taking meals to these seniors. And some of the delivery people had noticed that on occasion, they'll have an older person who has pets, and um, they notice that the pets are staying nice and plump and healthy, while the uh, individual senior citizen is getting thinner and thinner and more fee-looking. And so they they start to ask questions, are you eating your meals? and they say yeah i eat my meals but on on fridays you know we know that i'm not going to get a meal for saturday and sunday so i set aside a portion of my meal for my pets to eat over the weekend so that make sure that they stay you know well fed you know that just told them we need to solve that problem because yes. we we don't need them to be feeding their people food to the animals right and so they started Uh, this Critter Meals on Wheels program, where in addition to the senior citizen receiving meals for themselves, they would bring a package of pet food for the dog or the cat, the birds. So this uh, endowment fund that we have called Critter Meals on Wheels sends an annual grant to Neighborhood House to help purchase that pet food that they use in in their Meals on Wheels program. So isn't that just that's it's just touching to think about how um, you know there are so many ways that we can help others, and sometimes it's in a, a unique way that you just wouldn't have thought right is out there. It's just a very practical, tangible thing
0: of having a huge impact in society. And we know that food and access to food, quality food is such a huge need for so many of our seniors, and to think that a lot of them are sacrificing their own nutrition. To take care of their animals and so what a practical way to be yeah. able to, with this family for their legacy to be able to step in and make a real tangible impact
1: yeah so just kind of a cool thing too is that you know i mentioned that he set up a taps fund and critter meals on wheels in memory of his mother well that taps fund recently received a seventy five thousand dollar estate gift <laughs> from an individual that passed away and they knew that there was a TAPS fund endowment. And so they gave a portion of their estate to that uh, TAPS endowment. So that fund instantly grew by, you know, a significant amount of money. So it'll be uh, able to do even more for TAPS. Wow. So that's the neat thing about once we set up a fund in memory of someone or just set up a fund to for our favorite charity, that just gives... That makes it so the next person doesn't have to create their own thing. They can give to one that exists currently.
0: You know, I think uh, that's a
1: great example, Scott. It really is. Yeah. So would you like another example? Uh, yeah. So another example that's kind of neat is um, there was a lady who lived in Morton, but then when she got her education, she became a teacher and she moved away from Morton and her entire career was spent somewhere, I believe, northern Illinois somewhere. But then after she retired, she moved back to Morton. Anyway, her her will was uh, put together. She worked with a local attorney here in Morton and she wanted to, in her estate plan, she wanted to support eight of her favorite charities. Some of them she wanted to give a little bit more to than others. Again, this was an attorney who had been on our board for a number of years, so he understood how everything works. And I often work with this attorney on these kinds of things. What he did was he established an endowment upon her passing that creates, that generates enough money so that they divide it into 11 equal shares. And these eight separate charities either receive Two shares or one share every year forever. And those charities happen to be uh, all located outside of Morton. It's a great example of if someone is thinking, wow, if I work with the Community Foundation, I have to only give to Morton charities. The answer is no, you don't, you can support your favorite causes wherever they might be. Mm-hmm. And sure, we would love for them to be local. But even if they're not, it is, we'd love to work with those donors anyway, because we do, it does help our operations through the management fee that we earn sure. on, on those investments. So uh, this particular fund gives annual grants to two different public broadcasting uh, radio stations, uh, one in Bloomington, one in Champaign. It gives to the Peoria Riverfront Museum, the Peoria Symphony Orchestra, the Alzheimer's Association, and the uh, Dixon Mounds Museum. Mm. Yeah, and then the uh, the Crazy Horse Memorial in uh, is it South Dakota? South
0: Dakota, all right?
1: That particular fund is so interesting because we're sending these eight checks all around us. And then all the way out to South Dakota for that Crazy Horse Memorial. So Dixon Mounds and Crazy Horse are two charities that are involved in Native American uh, history, you know, retaining the, the history of Native Americans. And I thought, well, I wonder why she chose those two. Well, it turns out that she grew up here in town and her grandpa was a farmer and they would take walks in the field to pick up rocks and oftentimes they would find arrowheads from oh wow um, you know native americans and so she started having this passion for saving indian beads and arrowheads and different artifacts like that and so she always loved native american things and so in her endowment fund she still supports them been doing this for i want to say 10 years at least wow that we've already been distributing these checks, yeah. so another really interesting way for somebody to set up an endowment to support their favorite causes.
0: Wow, incredible examples! The uh, and Scott, also I looked at my calendar, my clock. We've been going uh, for quite some thirty minutes already, so we're kind okay. of pushing up okay. a little bit as far as into the show. With um, that being said, is there anything that we have not covered so far that you think would really be pertinent or helpful for all the listeners out there?
1: Sure. We didn't talk much about that last word, grants, but I mean, in general, we did talk about grants when we talked about the funds. But there's the part of our grant making that most people are aware of are community grants that occur every spring. And those grants are uh, generated from our Morton Impact Fund, which is an unrestricted endowment Mm -hmm. that allows us to request from all of our schools, the parks, the library, and all the nonprofits to submit applications for grant funding from this particular set of funds. So that's the most visible. Most people hear a lot about that. And so like this last year, we distributed about $75,000 in community grants. through this process, this coming spring, our fund is grown enough that we're gonna be distributed uh distributing about ninety one thousand dollars this this coming spring twenty twenty four and then the next year it'll be over a hundred thousand, so that continues to grow. but as I said, we have about uh eleven million dollars invested, and we're taking the average of four years, five percent you know. And so that really, uh, as you can imagine, our distributions are much higher than the 75000 that most people hear about. And that's because we have these hundred funds that have been predefined by their donors. So by far the biggest portion of our grant making is done automatically where we just we send a check, you know, for this fund and we send eight checks for that fund. And those total, like this last year, we distributed over $450,000 wow. through those types of funds. So it's really an organization that is now starting to hit its stride. And, you know, it's kind of like a big s- snowball that's rolling. And, it, and it's just a beautiful thing to watch.
0: Yeah. It's incredible, Scott. This is, uh what the Morgan Community Foundation has uh, put together and just the lives. It's impacting in so many different ways. And, uh, I wanna say thank you as far as from the community for the work that you do and uh from this the people that you've helped uh, over the years, um, both to, with their charitable giving, with their philanthropy, and then also just to um to work with your board on on getting grants out. is very helpful. And also wanna say thanks for spending time with us on the show today. I know people are gonna get such a huge um knowledge increase and a huge I uh, think practical ways that they could live out just the things that are important to them. So that's been an important thing for that. And so well, thank really-
1: you so much. I sure appreciate you having me on. And yeah, if anyone is interested in talking, uh, I don't bite. I'm really easy to talk to and I'd love to sit down with somebody and just brainstorm ideas and they can leave their checkbook at home and, you know, go back and think about what things they, they would like to do, but it'd be, it'd be fun mm-hmm. and an honor for me to talk to them.
0: If anybody wants to connect with Scott, definitely look in the show notes of the program today. Everything's uh, listed on there as far as the website and also best, uh, ways, to, uh, best ways to communicate. And uh, definitely encourage you to reach out for that. And if you have any other questions, just in a general nature, as far as uh, what you're doing financial planning, your uh, estate planning, your philanthropic, philanthropic efforts, and how to coordinate them all together, definitely give us a call here at Wealth. We'll love to uh, help you bring things together and introduce you directly to someone like Scott. They can help you execute. Everybody, thank you so much for the time today. Uh, We'll catch you next week right here on Great Decisions, Incredible Lives. Talk to you all later. Goodbye. Thank you again for listening to the Great Decisions, Incredible Lives, Retire With Intention podcast with host John Creekmer. Follow us on social media, visit our website, and join our community of like-minded individuals redefining retirement and living incredible lives. Please leave us a review and share our podcast with others who may benefit. We wish you a
1: future filled with purpose, fulfillment, and the joy of living your incredible life in retirement.